Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined today by my brother, Jacob Johnson. Hello. As always, he is in the uh, sorry state of Pennsylvania. I am in the, yeah, pretty good state of South Dakota. And uh, we are joining you from hopefully a pro-First Amendment platform because after our last episode, I doubt that we'll be joining you from a non-pro-First mm. Amendment platform mm. for very long. Um, so today is uh, Wednesday, which means it is time to get censored on YouTube for talking about Christian nationalism. So, woo! It's get censored Were on YouTube censored today. on YouTube? Um, for Christian nationalism? Not last time, but they're slowly catching up to our videos. And, uh, like, yeah, they, they just covered... at some point. Yeah, they'll get there eventually. They're a little slow on the uptake there, YouTube, with their censorship algorithm. But, Again, uh, hello, YouTube moderators. <laughs> hello, YouTube moderators. Um, but anyways... That's how you should start the show out. I know! Sometimes. Start the show. Hello, YouTube. I know you're watching us right now, and you probably despise everything we're saying. So just go ahead and press the button already, because we're sick and tired of your platform anyways um all right so go to our show website trdshow.net definitely check that out please help support the show we would really really appreciate it if you could help support the show by doing several things there's so many ways you could support us first of all like and subscribe if you haven't already because that really really helps us grow helps us know how many people are listening or watching and you know it's just really nice to see those numbers go up i don't know it just Dopamine hit every once in a while is is a nice thing. Um, also, that's one way, but you know it's really easy way. So why don't we take it to the next step and uh, ask you to go to trdshow.net/refer? And actually, this is a benefit for you as much as it is for us because we want to give you free merch. We want to give you a free sticker, a free mug, and a free T-shirt. Go to trdshow.net slash refer. You can earn free merch. I'm telling you, no strings attached. All you have to do is refer seven people, and you get a free sticker. That's it. It's they not sign like up getting for an account. stuff from the government. Exactly. The, Exactly. Yeah, this is not going to come back and bite you. Yes. You get seven people to sign up for an account with your link on our website, and you get a free sticker, just like that. 17 people sign up for an account, and you get a free mug. 27 people sign up for a free account, and you get a free t-shirt. Why wouldn't you help grow the show and also get free merch? I mean, everybody gets – it's a win-win. Um, so there's that. But then also – And it's a, it's a super simple process, right? Very simple. Yeah, just go to our website, trdshow.net slash refer. Put in your email address. If you don't already have an account, do that. Then go to your profile page, and you can just grab your link and share it around. And if people sign up with that link, then you get points. It's Meaning you need to go back to those people that you give the link to. Yes. And say, hey, have you signed up yet? I <laughs> need that up. free shirt. Yes. <laughs> I want that free stuff. Come on, man. Sign up for an account. Oh, great. That sounded like Joe Biden. Come on, man. Sign up for an account <laughs> with the Reformed dissenters. Who are they? I don't know. Um, so you can also buy merch. If you'd really like to help support the show, that's kind of one of the best ways to do that is buy our merch. And that's also on our website. Anywho, I'm hoping that you're gathering that the website is the place to go for pretty much everything. So trdshow.net. And very soon, very shortly, we are looking forward to rolling out a whole new set of features where you will actually be able to watch our episodes for free from our website 
it's going to be so cool. You'll be able to browse all of our episodes. We won't get deplatformed because we're the platform. Um, so that would be weird if we deplatformed ourselves. <laughs> and uh, you can also search through tags. Search functionality is, is going to be a lot better. It's going to be a lot easier for you to find our stuff. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully in the next couple of months. Um, I am the lead engineer on that project and the only engineer on that project, so it takes time. <laughs> but I'm making lots of progress and hopefully that will go live in a few months. All right, so you can do all that. Send us a message through the website or send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, let's get into, you know, we're going to be talking about Christian nationalism in, in a moment, in a, in a few minutes. We're going to talk about chapter one in Andrew Torba's book, um, Christian nationalism. This is a really cool book. And, and actually, I think it's on Canon Plus now. Uh, they have mm. the audiobook version of it. And it's only yeah. two hours long, the audiobook. So if you didn't want to read through it, you can go to Canon Plus right now and actually listen to the audiobook. So And listen listen along with us. Like yeah, yeah. listen to chapter one. Yep. And then watch our episode and then listen yep. to chapter two and then watch our episode on it. There you go. So I like it. And you'll notice Jacob and I are both sporting two different uh editions of the book. So Jake's got his newer edition there on his show. And I think this is the style that's on Canon Plus. Yes. Correct. And then I have the old edition because I pre-ordered it long before it came out. And so this was the the initial original edition. And actually, you can go to gab.com, and they have a Dissenters merch store, which is cool. It's not named after us. <laughs> We're also not named after them, so please don't copy strike us. And um, <laughs> Andrew Torba, we're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. Totally unintentional because I found the store after we started the show. So, you know, there's that. Um, but they actually have, like, badges for this flag that they created, the American flag with a cross on it, which is kind of cool. So, anywho, thought I'd mention that. All right. So, we're going to be talking about so many things today on this show. We're talking about calls to get to work. You know, all through this book, he's bringing up passages in the Bible that are calling us as Christians today to get to work and all that that entails. Replacing current secular institutions with Christian ones. We're talking about freedom without God is impossible, and the Founding Fathers knew that. Uh, families, which are the building blocks of society and what that actually means and why the left doesn't want our societies to succeed. And that's why they're going after the family. And then we've got some other stuff, of course, because, you know, we are us and you're you. And so you know what to expect from, from us, which is a lot of stuff. So, uh, but before we get into all that, we have to talk about our verse of the week and it's Wednesday. So I'm going to pass it on over to Jake to do that today. Alrighty, and our verse this week is Proverbs 3, uh, verse 11 through 12, which says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves whom he loves, as a father the son in whom he delights. Again, that's Proverbs 3, verses 11 through 12. And um, again, tying back to the conference that happened uh, Toby Sumter said something very interesting in this verse fits so well with what he was saying. And um, it basically broke down to when God, when God calls something good, your next reaction should be, oh, no, here comes a dragon. <laughs> and and really what that means is that when God sees something as good, when something is good in God's eyes, he'll test it. He will push it and try to, and what Toby Sumter was saying, 
is um, by testing it, it will reveal its glory. Mm. It will show everybody, hey, look at this. Look at this thing. It's good. And I'm testing it. And it's even good while I'm giving it hard times. Uh, two examples would be first, um, Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, there was, it, God called the earth good. He tested it. It didn't come forth as gold. There, um, it well, okay. Actually, if you want to take it in a longer, uh, longer term scheme, it it mm -hmm. will, um, it will come forth as gold, um, but it's just taking time. So yeah. you know, there's there's that. <laughs> but then there's also Job. Job was a very faithful servant of God, and he tested Job. And even through all that testing, Job stayed faithful. Yeah. And it kind of was showing uh, God's glory in what Job and in Job's faithfulness. Yeah. Yep. So this is to say, right, that <sighs> when you receive trials in your life, take them as a challenge. Take them as something to say, all righty, I'm going to take this. I'm not going to take this and say, oh, no, what is God doing to me? Take it as, alrighty, this is my chance to show um, God's glory in what's happening, and yeah. to stay strong, and to and and I'm not saying don't don't think that in that trial there isn't sin that needs to be revealed, uh, sin that God is trying to reveal. Yes, that is true. God does use trials to reveal sin, but. Take it also as a, an, an encouragement that God is trying to help you. He, the Lord reproves whom he loves. Yeah. So. Nice. Cool. Thanks for that, Jake. Appreciate the uh, breakdown into that. And yeah, that's, that's really true is that it's, um, and I mean, the, the quintessential verse in Job is um, when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. Right. And that's yeah. exactly what you're, yeah. you're hitting at, you know, uh, how is gold made it? It's rough. It's not refined. Uh, when it comes out of the mountain, it, it's a chunk and there's lines and it's like, I think this might be gold. Maybe, you know, people have to really to, peer yeah. into it and there's, it's it has rough. To go through a refining fire. Yeah, yeah. But you put it into, um, into the furnace, the crucible, the fiery crucible, and it melts all that stuff away. And then what you're left with is gold. That is, highly valued um so yeah just, just don't don't reject the fire <laughs> yeah. um <clears throat> okay so all that to say um some of this actually a lot of that plays into what we what andrew torba is talking about um because uh a lot of the quotes that i've pulled from chapter one i've grouped under the heading of calls to get to work so um, all through scripture, we see that God isn't just giving us a life to do nothing with it. He isn't giving us a life so that we can sit around and do nothing and then just sit and wait and say, man, I hope I die soon. I want to go to heaven, right? That's not at all the life that God has given us. So when modern evangelicals, unfortunately, that's what most modern evangelicals are thinking today. I mean, so many churches are acting as if this world, they're basically Gnostics. 
They're acting like this world is just a, we're here temporarily. There's really not much we can do. We're going to lose in the end anyways. So why bother? Uh, really, we're just, we're just looking forward to, to dying and heaven's going to be great. So let's look forward to that. And that's about it, which is completely antithetical to the mission of, to the message and mission of scripture. Scripture all throughout is the redemptive arc. It's, we like to capitalize in evangelical circles all the time on personal redemption. You've been saved by Christ from the despicable creature that you were, that all of us are apart from him. We've been uh, restored now into uh, uh, something that is more Christ-like and we're being restored day in and day out through personal sanctification to be more Christ-like. And that is the goal of our life personally for us to be more Christ-like and we're working towards that. But then we act as if it ends there. We pretend like that's it. When Christ said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Also, before he ascended into heaven, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations. We're supposed to go to every nation and make it a disciple. Make the nation of America a disciple of Christ. Make the nation of China a disciple of Christ. Make the nation of England, Canada, Mexico, all of them, Africa, all of these places, the whole world should become disciples of Christ. So that is our goal. And we're called to work for that goal. And when we had our three-part series on the kingdom of God, um, the last uh, video in that series, last episode turned into an hour-long episode because there was so much to talk about. But we had my pastor, Pastor Jonathan Hansen, on the show to discuss that with us. So if you missed those three episodes or you're new to the show, go back and check those out because they turned out so much better than I ever and thought I mean, they would have. To be honest, there's still more emphasis that could be placed on certain parts and yes. even and more like going back to it in, you know, re-explaining it yes. to a lot of people because, you know, you oh, don't yeah. really, it's well, not really it's really so vast. unless they... There's so much there. The kingdom of God is the whole Bible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and all yeah. of its cultural repercussions. Yeah, there's there's so much there. Um so, okay, so page 27, just to kind of kick things off, um, Andrew Torba had a quote that I thought was really good. He said, our worldly institutions may have been temporarily conquered by secular humanists who hate God, but we worship a God who overcomes all worldly institutions, end quote. That's what God is doing. Um, when we went through the Confessional County by Raymond Simmons, that was the, what that was all about was cultural sanctification. And transforming, fundamentally transforming culture in the image of God. So, yes, things look bleak now. And we have a man pretending to be president sitting on the throne of America. We have the destruction of the nuclear family. We have Christian values being diluted on the right, where people claim to be Christians and they're very much not. We've talked about even jellyfish, all these churches, before, you know, for months now, um, that are reverting and, and throwing off all their doctrine, all the history, the rich history of the church these past millennia. They're throwing it out the window because they don't want to get to work. So yes, things are bleak right now, but we worship a God who overcomes all of that. And he's called us to action. So page 31, another really good quote, uh, Andrew Torba said, Jesus did not command us to sit around getting crushed by Satan, waiting to die. He commanded us to make disciples of all nations, and we need to take dominion in his name. 
His kingdom may be in heaven, but he himself told us in Matthew 28, 18 that he has all authority on heaven as well, or on earth as well. It's time to start acting like it, end quote. So I disagree slightly. You know, he says his kingdom is in heaven. It is in heaven, but it's also on earth. Thy, will, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when Christ said, my kingdom is not of this world, Gary DeMar does a great job breaking this down in his book. I think it's myth, Myths, Lies, and Propaganda. Um, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Myths, Lies, and Half-Truths. Here it is. Really good book if you're looking for uh, dispelling the notions of dispensational theology. Fantastic book on that. So, um, but he has a great uh, uh, quote that he, oh, yeah, page 232. <laughs> I had this bookmark from when I researched this a couple months ago. But it's talking about um, my kingdom didn't doesn't originate in this world. The uh, uh, the power of Christ's kingdom does not start in this world. It comes from heaven. It comes from God, but it fundamentally transforms and works in this world. So mm-hmm. Andrew Torb is pretty close. So I'll give him that. <laughs> Jake, anything you want to add before I, before I move on? I have four quotes that kind of talk to this and kind of the, the fighting part, right? The actual work, the working and that when we're working, we will face face backlash. Yes. And I have four. They're very short quotes, so I guess I can I can put them in here, uh, unless you want me to do them after you talk about our call for work. Um. Yeah, I have two quotes I can wrap up with, and then if you wanted yeah. to go into those, no, no, no. We, could, yeah. we could do that. Sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so really quickly, page 35, Andrew Torba said, Now is the time for us to build. This is a spiritual war. They are targeting our very humanity. This is evidenced by everything that our enemies promote. Their values, quote-unquote, are inherently anti-human. Abortion, moral decay, sexual degeneracy, and so many more that he listed in that um, on that page. You should definitely check that out, page 35. But... We are supposed to be battling against those, not just sitting back and saying, oh, man, it's getting bad out there. Look at that. How do we know it's getting bad out there? Because we have the word of God, and that same word is what we use to fight those things. It's not supposed to make us sit back and do nothing. Um, Page 37, my final quote under this subheading of calls to get to work. Uh, page 37, Andrew Torba said, we must prepare ourselves for what is coming by exiting their entire system and raising up our children to be builders for the kingdom of God. I love that quote, raising up our children to be builders for the kingdom of God. We need to build our economy, our technology, our own education systems, my goodness, yes, and our own political movements. This requires a multi-generational effort, end quote. And If you don't understand covenantalism, if you don't understand that the God we worship is a God of covenants, if you don't understand his covenantal redemptive history throughout the whole scripture, this idea of a multi-generational effort seems a bit strange. But we aren't living for ourselves right now. We're living for God and for future generations. We know that the kingdom of God grows like a mustard seed. It's incredibly small and takes a lot of time to grow into this massive tree. That is what we are working for. Right now, Doug Wilson always says, what if this is the ancient church? What if our day and age right now is the ancient church? Think about that. And think about the kinds of decisions that need to be made with that in mind. 
imagine Christ is not coming back tomorrow. That changes your outlook on things. That means, oh, the things we do today matter, and they will have permanence, and they'll have eternal um, repercussions or benefits. And so we need to take that seriously. Okay, so I'll pass it over to Jake, because I have two more sections, three more sections, yeah. and we have 10 minutes left. Uh, so. <laughs> and, and real quick on that, on that point, you yeah. know, show up for, your, for yourselves <laughs> treasures in heaven. You know, and that, that in order to do that, you have to do God's will, yeah. which will store up for you treasures in heaven. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what, that's my thought on that. But moving on to not, okay, the first quote is talking about not being tolerant. Uh, found on page 32, Andrew Torba says, tolerance is not a Christian value. God has zero, zero tolerance when it comes to sin, which corrupts our bodies, hearts, and minds. Yes. Yep. Uh, so we can't have tolerance for the enemy who is promoting sin. And the, the next one, again, found on page 32, uh, it says, Without hatred, we can't understand love. But we must be careful not to aim our hatred at one another. Mm. Instead, we must unite and aim our hatred at the sin and evil in our own hearts. Yes. And I would expound on this a little bit more and go off of what was said at the conference. And if you haven't heard what was said at the conference, uh, Bruce, you know where to find that, right? Yeah. Uh, FLFnetwork.com, I think, is the, okay. is the website for that. Yeah. All right. But... Go go there and listen to what the conference was about. That we we are to use biblical satire, use biblical hatred, and and not use it unnecessarily at our brothers, but use it to have them question their own ideas. Mm. Like what what the um fight left peace people did with calling Baptist transgenderist. <laughs> well, uh, what they did was they said their Baptist theology led to transgenderism. Right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Over the course of but years, yeah. But really, it's not a trying to break them down or hurt them. It's an. It's like, hey, check what you think. You know, right? Um, right. Look over what you think. See if that's actually true. And if it's not, come back with an actual argument. Yeah. Don't come at what don't come at us with emotional um <laughs> yeah. you know just... it should be a, an opportunity to reevaluate your right. worldview, your doctrines, right. what you believe, yeah. Uh next one, again found on page 32, we are being attacked, harassed, fired and banned from the internet and financial systems for our political and religious beliefs. We are being persecuted for our re religious beliefs. Yep. For the way we think. For being Christians, we are being persecuted. Yeah. And I've heard so many times people saying, Oh, we're not we're not being persecuted today. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. Yep. Uh yeah. Yeah. And if we don't fight back now, if we don't I'll, stand up now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to get significantly worse. Now, fighting back doesn't look the way modern republicans think it looks right. right like they think it means more of january 6th to take up arms now right. i'm talking about the violent people at january 6th obviously not the peaceful ones but 
they think it means that storm the capital rah 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 you know that's not it at all what we have is so much more powerful than that but the best way to fight this battle is to preach the whole counsel of god right now that is needed more than ever i cannot tell you how many conversations i've had with so many christians who have no idea what a biblical worldview looks like it's so rare these days yeah. unfortunately to find that and that's why the culture is collapsing when the people when the church is supposed to be the pillar of truth it's supposed to be the supporting pillar that holds up a society with truth when they don't even know those people don't even know what a biblical worldview looks like how are the unbelievers expected to know that right they'll right. i mean goodness and really in in past years in the founding of america the unbelievers did have a vocal mindset yeah. yep uh because it was the culture it was the society and we can have so that prevalent. again that's not just an old idea yes that may that that we can't go back to yes and really we don't want to go back to the old idea just because it's an old idea yes we're yes. going back to that idea because it's based on scripture yep. so if any of those old ideas are not based on scripture it shouldn't be something we go back to yes yeah uh, absolutely so i we have so we have five minutes left do you I mind if i move in last one sure yeah go ahead uh, the last one on page 33 says, Christians are no strangers to persecution. We have always and will continue to overcome the advances of the enemy. And my addition onto this is that the enemy won't prevail against us, mm. against our advances. It's not just that we will over, we will overcome the advances of the enemy. It's that the enemy won't overcome our advances. Yep. So we need to fight. We need to continue. We need to... We need to be called to do work. Yeah. Attack every work. lofty ideal raised against the knowledge of Christ. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Good points. And those are all really good calls to action as well. I think we should put some of these on some of our pages so people can share some of these quotes because this is, this is really good stuff. The point of us saying, you know, <laughs> I sit here and I think about what we're talking about and I realize that a lot of it is redundant in terms of our show the scope of our show we've said all of this before but we're going to keep saying it until things change yeah. <laughs> because it's it's the truth and it needs to be said but the point of of these things the point of what we're talking about is not just so that you can get further outraged it's right. not what you know a lot of conservative talk show hosts do today which is just rile people up they get mad, they buy from their sponsors, and then the host gets to rake in the cash. That's not mm. our job here. That's not what we're doing. That's not why we're saying these things. We're talking about these things because we want people to reevaluate their worldviews and reevaluate the worldviews of their churches. That right now, that's where the battle is happening. We can't fix society until we fixed ourselves. The Christian community has to be fixed and repaired before society can follow. Yeah. What needs to happen is you need to make sure that the church you're going to right now is in line with true theology. 
that the church you're going to right now is kingdom-minded. The church you're going to right now is preaching the whole counsel of God and not a basic limited gospel message that says you are born. You're a new creature in, yeah. in Christ. Congratulations. You won the lottery. See you next week. Yeah. It, it, starts, it starts from the ground up. Yeah. It yeah. starts yeah. with individuals being willing to stand up and willing to call their churches and say, hey, let's talk more about this kingdom building. Yeah. Let's start working on kingdom building. Yes. It then moves <clears throat> to families actually acting like families yep. instead of disjointed individuals. Yes. And then it means churches, and then it means families being involved in churches to actually start that kingdom building. Yes. To be involved in the kingdom building. Yep. And then it will affect the government. It doesn't yes. start with the government. No. Nope. It starts from the ground up. Yeah. And, you know, I, for, um, you know, I was just at an event um, a little bit ago, a couple nights ago, and I was talking to some people, and I, I met some people that I had met a few months ago at some local political events I participated in here in, in uh, South Dakota. And what they were like, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. You know, what's uh, what's up? Why, why haven't you been to some of these these activist groups? Right. And I had to explain to them that the reason I'm not going to these groups anymore is because I'm spending more time on the show, more time studying, more time working with um, my pastor, more time working, finding good churches in the area, more time going to events and talking to people and trying to share the truth about the kingdom of God. I'm spending more time doing those things than being politically active right now. And unless you understand where true freedom comes from, that seems totally bonkers. It's just like you're wasting your time. We have a, we're in a pivotal moment in American history right now, which we are. It's very true. Politically, we're in a pivotal moment where within a year or two years, all of this could collapse on top of us. Yes, that's very true. But we can't solve it by going to politics. You can't solve things by running for office by doing these sorts of things, by getting involved politically. That's not going to solve the problems we have. They're so much deeper than that. Going to your pastors, finding a solid church, building that solid church, that's where the real change is going to happen right now. Finding a community of Christians who understands that we're supposed to seek first the kingdom of God and does that, that's where the real change happens. But if you just sit around in a diluted community where you have no sway, you have no uh, uh, way to persuade people, no way to actually fix the culture on a, on a social level, societal level. If you stay there, you have no chance of making a difference in the way that you're looking to make a difference. If you just stay in a church that's preaching a, a basic limited gospel message every single Sunday, A, you're not growing from that church. So why are you going there every Sunday when you're not growing from that church? B, if it's you fighting against an entire church, trust me, I know, I tried to do the same thing. I've been in that situation, fighting one person, fighting against an entire church, trying to help them understand that, hey, there's more to study here. And, and you don't approach it as if it's, you're the one with all the answers. You don't approach it arrogantly and say, hey, I have things I need to teach you. Let me go in there and wake you all up. It's no, no, no. Hey, let's all turn back to the word of God together. Hey, let's yeah. all let me point you at these passages. Let me point you at these pastors. Let me point you at these books, at these resources. Let's study this together. I need to learn just as much as they do. Yeah. But 
the point is we need to change our mindset. We need to change our focus. We need to change our goal. We need to be kingdom-minded. We can't just focus on a limited gospel message that says you're born, you've won the lottery, now you've got a bowl full of money and you don't know what to do with it. How do I spend the money? How then should I now live? What do I do now that I've been saved from eternal damnation, saved from my sin, given a new heart, I am a new creature in Christ, what do I do now? How do I transform this culture? And that is what we need to do. So, yeah, if you're a new listener to the show, that's uh, our introduction rant to the Reformed Center. so welcome on board. <laughs> <laughs> if you disagree with us, we'd love to hear it. If you agreed, we'd love to hear it as well. Um, so we're two minutes over, and there's a lot more that I wanted to get into, but I, we just don't. We don't have time. But anyways, this should hopefully prompt you to take a look at um, Andrew Torba's book, Christian Nationalism. It's a great, great book. Um, and I would highly encourage you to check it out. I think you can go to gab.com and search for it. You can definitely buy it on Amazon. They've got it in the dissenter store in Gab, so check that out too. Jake, anything Are you, you... going to finish with a closing quote? I can do that. Oh, yeah, I have a closing quote that's a really good one. Yeah, before yeah, I wrap up I with like that. This one. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So you're looking ahead at my notes. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. Before I wrap up with that, is there anything you want to add? No. No, okay. I would say, yeah. Yeah. Cool. It, yeah. Leave All right, it as sounds is. Good. <laughs> you're like, there's so much more I could say, but I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Closing quote from page 37. Really good quote. And I'll leave you all with this. Uh, Andrew Torba said, so if you don't have a sword, then sell your cloak and buy one because we have a lot of work to do. So let's do that. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and one thing that maybe we should do a little bit later is I wanted to talk more about replacing the current secular institutions with Christian ones, um, which is really the heart of Christian nationalism. We talk about Christian nationalism. That's really the heart of it. Um, Christian businesses should be the best in their markets. They should be thriving because we work as unto the Lord and not for men. And it fundamentally transforms our mindset. We aren't just working for money or to get ahead in life or even for self-fulfillment, as our modern world likes to claim. We're working for the Lord's. And there's so much more there. Um, working and, and actually building Christian kingdom-minded businesses. So we might have to do a whole other episode. Maybe that's a discussion topic sometime. Anywho, <clears throat> stay tuned for Friday. We are going to be breaking down uh, She-Hulk, which is the latest Marvel series, if you can call it a series. I guess it's a series of very disjointed episodes, so there's that. Um, we're going to be giving our scathing review of that on Friday. So if you haven't seen the series yet and you don't want spoilers, then that episode is not for you, obviously. But if you haven't seen it, you don't care to see it, or you're just like, oh, I don't know if I want to see it or not, We'll tell you right now, you probably don't. It's kind of just pitiful. Uh, it was like a last whimper from a wounded animal. Um, <laughs> it's basically how I'd describe that. The Marvel train is coming to a stop and they aren't sure where to go. So they spit this out through the chimney and it was just kind of weird. So we're going to go through that and uh, that'll be our Friday episode. Thanks everyone so, so much for listening or watching. I know this was a very um, solemn tone. It was like a very serious, heavy episode. <laughs> But it felt like we needed one of those. It's been a while. And especially after Monday's light, jovial episode, I think we needed a little bit more of a grounding one. So there was that. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, thanks for watching, and we'll see you on Friday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.